This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. everybody. Um, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go back a little bit to Pashat Vayeshev. I'd like to correct something that I've been saying for many years. Maybe not correct. Maybe it's just a a different sheet about um, about Yosef HaTzadik. So, we're going to see this week's Parashat Miketz, unbelievable compliments that Paro gave to Yosef. Unbelievable compliments about Hashem. Let's go back to Parashat Yeshev. It says the following. Yosef was sold, right? He was sold um, to, to Potiphar, right? But he Hashem is Yosef. And Hashem was with Yosef, but he is matzliach. And he was very matzliach. But he be based on the Nova Mitzri, and he lived in the house of the Mitzri. Now, this guy was a very bad guy. We know he bought Yosef for himself. So he was like, not on the derech exactly. Vayar Adonav, and his master saw, ki Hashem ito, that God was with him. everything he did, Hashem matzliach v'yadav. Hashem, Made it much How did how did this guy know that? Why didn't the guy just think that Yosef's lucky? Where did, where did Hashem come into this? Right? He's saying, "Must be God is with you. Must be Hashem is matzliach You matzliach because of God. He wasn't a God fearing man. What? No, this is the, this is Potifa before jail. Potifa, I'm, yeah, we're going, I'm talking about before that happened. Before his wife. I'm in Pashva Yeshev. So, so where did he see that Hashem Matzliach? There's a huge Rashi here. Ki Hashem Ito, says Rashi. How did, how did this guy know that God was with him? Shem Shemayim, Shagor Befiv, Medjustan Chumo, Ches. Yosef was always saying, Emitz Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Chazde Hashem. Shagur B'fiv means it was always in his mouth, he was always quoting Hashem. So this guy didn't know who Hashem was, but he figured whoever this guy blessed his, you know, blessed Hashem and, and thanks Hashem and all that, he figured that Hashem must be the one that's doing this, not Yosef. So by, by him always saying, Baruch Hashem, Emitz Hashem, right? Uh, what do they start them say? They say something else. Right? His name should be blessed. So, so, um, so Rashi says, Yosef always quoted everything he did in the name of Hashem. And now you go a little bit further. And you go at the end of Ayeshev. And the Saha Mashkim and the Saha right? The Yechal Mulchaloim Shneim, they both had dreams, right? We said how important that was, that Yosef said, what's going on, you guys look depressed. But Yishal, Svisei Parosh, Itai, Madua Penechem Rai Mayom, why do you look so bad? So Yom Reila, we had a dream. Chaloim Chalano, Uposei and Yosei, no one can translate it. Yosef. Yosef didn't say he could he could translate it. Doesn't God have explanations, translations? So tell it to me. Hashem will help me figure it out. So he always even here he didn't say, Tell me your dream, I'll figure it out. He said to them, he's always spreading God's name. He said to them, Listen, God has Pisronim. Say it to me. So they, they said the whole Mishpat, right? Okay. So now they hang the Sarah Oifim. The Sarah Mashkim, the Pussy is very interesting. Pussy last Pussy last week. It says, Well, Loy Zoch Sarah Mashkim is Yosef. He didn't remember him. By Yishkocheyo. Means that it's a double lush. If you don't remember him, you forgot him, right? Not remembering him is the lack of remembering him. Forgetting him is a verb. 
In other words, he made it his business to forget this Jew. Not that he just, I forgot. Oh my gosh, I forgot. No. He forgot him on purpose. Okay? So, so far, he's in, he's in the Potiphar's house. He always does is talk about Hashem. And Potiphar knows he's the Ishmael He's in the jail, right? And again, he's, he's, he's translating a dream. And he says very clearly, don't worry about it, right? Don't worry about it. Hello, the Kimpus Rainim. Same thing in process of Gimel when he was in jail. Whatever he did, God was Matsliach. So Yosef was always not taking credit for himself. He was always taking credit for, he was always giving Hashem the credit. Now, this exploded in Pashim Mikes. Exploded. So they take him out of, uh, they take him out of the dungeon. I think it was on Rosh Hashanah. And they shave him, clean him up, change his clothing, and he comes to Paro. And Paro says, I had a dream, and I don't, I don't know what the translation is. Here, first time he talks to Paro. Vayan Yosef is Paro. Paro. I cannot answer without God. The, I can't, I can't answer your, what, what your dream was all about. Then a few passing later, right? It's one dream, your two dreams, the the cows and the and the shibalim and the storks. What Hashem is gonna do, I'll tell you. Not what I'm gonna do, not what you're gonna do, but what Hashem's gonna do, I'm gonna tell you. And he translates it. And then again And Paro says to his servants, Is there another man that has the Spirit of God? So, Yosef could have made it really big in the time. He could have said, I am a dream. I'm a chatume, I'm a sorcerer. I'm able to translate dreams. You know, and open up a... Uh, a tarot shop, you know, uh, handwriting, whatever, uh, uh, what do they call it? Palm reading uh, place. So, right? He could have done that. But the whole time he's telling Paul, I can't do anything, I can't translate anything. It's a translation that will come from Hashem. And then when he translates, he says, and what, what I'm translating that's going to happen, seven good years, seven bad, it's all going to come from Hashem. So if you set a, if you set a, um, a, a, an example at work, and you're God-fearing, and you talk about Hashem all the time, Baruch Hashem, blessed is God, you know, and the Goyim hear that. So Paro told his servants, Do you ever meet a man that, that the Spirit of God rests upon him? Unbelievable what Paro said here. It's unbelievable what Paro said here. That after God gave you the translation, seven good years, seven bad years, ain't nabam l'chacham What was Paro saying over here? That if you are able to connect to God and, and, and understand that the thoughts that you have are not yours, but they come from God, then who could be more smarter than you if you, if, if, if you're connected to God in that way? God said this. Yeah. So he, he created a Nayyudika Kiddush Hashem. Now, we could say, we could say, okay, created Kiddush Hashem because things were good. Right? Things were good, which happens, I believe, is harder to realize that God is in the world when things are good. Because normally when you think things are good, it's Christ of Yetzim Yadi. It's my, you know, God's like, when people do well, they, they take credit. When people do, don't do well, they blame God. That's right, there's only one God. No one else wants a job. <laughs> but seriously, so... We're like that as human beings. We did great. Sure, I'm a smart businessman. I won the race because I'm fast. Right? Oh, something happened? Oh, Hashem, why'd you do that to me? It's always like that. Here, he's such a kiddush Hashem, Yosef such a kiddush Hashem, that he had the Goyim Paro say that there is no man that's as wise as you because you have the Spirit of God. How do you know that? 
because he always talked about Hashem. Now, I'm going to talk about a subject which I haven't have spoken about. Three weeks ago, Sunday, they had a gathering of therapists here in New York. Um, it was run by MASK, an organization that does very good work, um, Ruchama Klapman. And so they had this, you know, they had a bunch of therapists speak, and I was, uh, I was speaking from like 12 to 1 o'clock. And my subject was a very, I mean, Baruch Hashem, I think it went very well. And I, I think it's very important to talk about this tonight. And um, I have spoken to the biggest therapist about this theory. And Baruch, I mean, Baruch Hashem, it's, uh, it's uh, been, it's, it's real. So it has a lot to do with Hanukkah. I think it has to do with Hanukkah. It has a lot to do with Yosef HaTzadik. So I might have talked about this a long time ago, but this was my speech. I'm just repeating a little piece of it. Why do so many people relapse? We have a 80 to 90% relapse rate in drug rehabs of 30 days and less. So a person pays $45,000 insurance or cash to go to rehab, he goes there for 28 to 30 days, $45,000, and 80 to 90%, so at 90%, that means 10 guys walk in and one of them gets healed. The other nine fail. Why? Why if I go somewhere, I detox, I don't, I don't have drugs in my body anymore, so, right, I have people, I talk to them, I am in therapy, I'm healthy, I'm eating healthy. Why would that person relapse? So, number one's environment. You send them back to the drug environment, to the people that they hung out with. The dealers are there, everyone's there, you fall, you fall back in. First thing you have to do in life is if you want to do tshuva, you have to change your environment. To change your environment, you go back to the environment where you were sick, where you were no good. You're going to be sick again. So that that is a reason. But even if you don't go back to the environment, you're still at eighty to ninety percent. And the reason I spoke about this a long time ago, kids come to me sometimes like, "Hey, Wallace, is there anything wrong with smoking one joint? Just one? How about Purim? Just getting drunk once on Purim, or just smoking cigarettes on Purim? I'm not going to smoke afterwards." So. I explained to them this theory that I had that I have spoken to many therapists about big doctors and stuff like that. In fact, there's a memorandum written in a place that on this subject from me. And um, the subject, the thing is like this: in your when you everything that you do, everything that you do goes into your psyche. It becomes part of you, like a like a, like a, you have a tape of your life, so it's all part of your life. It becomes part of you. It becomes part of your emotional being. Okay, so you're traumatized as a child, right? People say, like, get over it. You can't get over it. There's a road in your psyche that says abuse. So, the best that you can do, the best, if you're a drug addict, you're a gambling addict, whatever your addiction is, the best that you can do is take that road in your psyche and close it. In other words, I'm not doing drugs no more. Not gambling anymore, right? All these different, not, I'm not drinking anymore. So you close the road. Now you spend those 30 days, you really change your mindset. You don't want to do drugs anymore. You go in, you come out, you don't want to, we hope that you don't want to do drugs anymore. I don't believe anyone comes out of rehab wanting to do drugs when they, when they come right out. Mm. But, so, let's just put this in your imagination. All these roads in your head. A lot of different roads. You have a road, right? A street. It's called Drug Street. Drug, Drug Avenue. Now, you went for 30 days. You really want to clean your act up. You want to get your, your life together. So you go down to that road and you say, I'm done. I'm not doing drugs no more. Closed. And you close the road. How do you close the road? You put these pylons, those orange rubber, you know, those orange duckies, those orange cones. You put cones across, and then you have that, I don't know what to even call it, I think it's called a horse, We have the two wooden things and the bar across with the stripes, and it says road closed. Sometimes you put a stop sign in front of that, you know, stop sign. Closed! I'm a good boy. Okay, you should be fine for the rest of your life, but no, you're not. Why? Why do you relapse? Because... That's what everything is good. Now you're coming out of rehab. Now you're coming into the real world. Now you got problems. You can't pay your rent. You owe a bunch of guys money, right? Or your wife's yelling at you, whatever it is. 
So now you're back in pain. So what happens to you when you're in pain is that you go back automatically because you created those roads. So you go back to the roads that you used to go down that used to make you feel better for a couple of minutes, which are drugs, whatever it is, whatever addiction it is. So your mind automatically goes back to that road and reopens it. It... It, I'll, I'll give you a good example of it. It reopens it. So it's just like, I remember in Muncie, on my block, so the orange and rock, was, they were laying pipes, whatever it was. So they had this road clothing equipment, I had to get home. So I drove up, took the cones, put them on the side, drove in, took the cones, put them back, and went to my drive, went to my house. Everybody does that. So, cause the road is near. So that's called relapse. The minute you move those cones, you go down the drug road or whatever road it is, it's relapsed. Abuse road, it could be a million different roads. So I tell the kids, you can't smoke one joint. Because once you smoke one joint, you know how that feels? There's a road that says marijuana. You can't put and take one drink. You cannot get drunk once because you created a road called drunk. Someone asked me today, a girl asked me today, were you ever in your life drunk? I said, no. You ever high? I'm like, no. She goes, well, that's boring. I'm like, no, the reason that I never got drunk and I never got high is because I'm not boring. It's when you're bored that you start drinking and getting drunk. I said, you got it the wrong way. When life's exciting, the adrenaline's running, you don't need any of that stuff. So I said, no, it's not boring. I have an exciting life. you got a boring life. That's why you're smoking pot. Because if you had a good life, an exciting life, you don't need that stuff. Just the opposite. I love turning people on their heads. But anyway, um, so so if you drink, if a kid drinks and he gets drunk on Purim, he's got that road. He, he felt, you know what it means to get buzzed. And when you're buzzed, you don't feel any pain. So he's going to start drinking. And he's going to start, drinking might be enough. And he's going to start drugging. He's going to have all these interstate highways. Drinking, drugging, addiction, girls, all kinds of stuff. Gambling. So all these highways... He's really messed up. And even if he has start closing one at a time, but they're there. And as long as they're there, you can move the cones. So, if you don't have the road, then when you go back and you're in pain, you go to the roads you do have. You don't create new roads to get rid of your pain. Because why would I go down a road that I don't know what, I don't know that it's going to take away my pain? If I, if I did drugs and I took away my pain or I cut or whatever I was doing to get rid of my pain, I know that works. I'm not going to do something new. I'm going to do something new. I know something that works. Why would I try something new? That might not work. Maybe I won't like it. So, that's why we have a crazy amount of relapse. Now, it's the same thing in the good roads. It's the same thing in the good roads. Once you put on tefillin, once you went to shul, once you had those roads, even as a young kid that you said to heal him every time you were in trouble, whatever it was, so even if you went off to derech and you closed those roads, they're there. So many people who go off to derech, they can come back because the road is there, and therefore they don't have to make a new road. To make a new road is very hard, so they can open up the cones and then go back down the road. It works positive and it works, and it works, it works negative. So, not to do it in the first place is the best because you don't have that road. My mother-in-law came from Europe. She traveled. She did that death march from 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 Poland to Siberia, and a lot of people died and whatever it is. But she, as a child, was talked to when you're in trouble, say to him. They didn't have cigarettes and drinking, so now when there's trouble in the family or even all the time, she's, she says to him because that's her road. So. How do you fix it? So the therapist said, Ray Wallstein, I hear you. It's a, it's an unbelievable way of thinking of what's really going on in the human psyche. It's amazing. But how do you fix it? If you have that road, you have that road. And even though it's closed, it's easy to open. If you don't have the road at all, I'm, I'm not interested in doing drugs. If you came up to me and I said, let's go smoke pot, I'm not interested. Why? Because I never did it and I don't know if I'm going to like it. So why would I do it? Right? If you told me, let's go, uh, play hockey or let's go, go upstairs and play the drums for two hours and bang your brains out for sure for sure I'll go play the drums that's what I did when I was a kid 
Everyone, everyone has these roads. Anyway, so what do you do? So you, you guys know that I had this problem with many, 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 many years ago with gambling. So I have a road in my psyche, Gamble Road. There's actually a Gamble Road in, a, in, a, in the mountains. Of, uh, in, over there by, um, between the Four Corners and South Fallsburg. It's called Gamble Road. It's not my road. But anyway, but I have that road. And it's closed. And it's been closed for 17 years. But it's there. So, how do I know I won't relapse? Maybe I'll relapse. Maybe I'll have a bad few weeks or month or year in business. And I know I can go play. I know what I got to do. Maybe I can make all the money I used to make. So, what do I do? How do I protect myself? There is a road in Robert Wallace's psyche that says Gamble Road. Blackjack. So how do I know that I'm not going to go back there? Right? There are a lot of guys in this room that never gambled in their life. You don't have that road. You're not interested. You're not going there because you're just not interested. It's just not something that talks to you. You don't have that road. You have other roads. So what you have to do, and I explained this to the therapist, what you have to do is you have to build a super highway. You have to build, you have to open up a road a new road, a good road, and travel, and travel, and travel, and travel. You know, it's very interesting. How does, how does Waze know when you're going to get there? Let's say, the two of us are going into the mountains tonight, right? To the exact same place. You put it in, and I put it in. Your Waze will say an hour and five minutes. Let's just give an example. And my Waze will say 55 minutes. It's going to give us exactly the same directions. How could that be? How could that be? And the answer is that after driving my ways, my phone with me, for so long, it knows that I do normally average 75 miles an hour. He only averages 55 miles an hour. So his ways um, figures that at 55, and my ways figures it out at 75. Because after you travel so many times with ways, they know your normal average speed. It's the same thing in your ways. It's the same thing in your, in your, in your psyche. So, so, if the big road is gambling, and that's where you hide, Rabbi Wallstein, when you're in pain, when you're having a hard time, so that's where you're gonna go. It's the, f- it's the first road. Let's say, let's say here the trauma happens, right? You, you, you get thrown into your house, whatever it is. So the trauma happens here. Now, you gotta go back into your psyche. Let's say your psyche is this long road, right? It's a bunch of roads coming out of there. Gambling, television, whatever. I don't want to even get into all the different roles that you created that are there, that are closed. Now, when I'm having this trauma, I'm going down the road, my first road is gambling. I need to put a road in front of that. A positive road. Something that I travel more than I travel that road. So that when I'm in my trauma, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go learn. No, I'm going to learn. Yeah, because that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years, is that when I, when I, when I have a problem, I open a safer. So even though that road of gambling is open, I'm just giving you an example, like that road of gambling is open, you're not going to there, because the first road, the last 10 years, which is much closer to you than that road, because that's what you've been doing, right? The last 10 years, that's the road you're going to go down. So, I told the therapist, the, the drug addict, 90% of the time is going to go down the drug road unless he joins some kind of chesed, whatever, and he gets deep into high lifeline, and he's always visiting kids every night, and he's always doing chesed, and he's always helping people, and he's always giving them rides, over and over, it becomes who he is, becomes who he is, so now he has trauma, I'm going to visit a kid. I'm going to the hospital tonight, I'm sleeping there, let the parents go home. I'm, I'm digging into this big new road that I created. I don't get to the gam, to the drug road. Because I have this huge road in front of me. That's, that's the only way to do it. You cannot get rid of the road. You cannot get rid of that gambling road. It will always be there, but it will be closed. What? What does that mean? Checkpoints. Roads. Or. Or. By creating those positive roads in front of it, 
you no longer can let the people down by relapsing. You create such a super highway. There's so many people depending on you that it's such a big highway that you you automatically go onto the highway instead of going onto the small road. You know, in your GPS there is, um, it gives you two choices, right? What's it called? Off, off-road and on-road. Off-road, that's called off-road. You want to go off-road or you want to go on-road? You're not, you're not going off-road if you, you're not, you're not going to take six hours to get to the mountains and take little local streets instead of taking the highway. So it much works like a, a, the same thing as a GPS. So, so, in my case, right, if, if I would go gamble, I've created, Baruch Hashem, Hashem should protect me, but I created the shiurim and everything that I do so that if I would go to Atlantic City tonight, right, and sit down at a table and start playing cards in resorts, and some person took a picture of me and then put it on the internet, Wallstein gambling in resorts, I have too much to lose. No one's going to listen to my shiurim again. They'll take them off tour any time in a minute. Right? You guys ain't coming anymore. I want to see the gambler. I'm not going to listen to it, whatever it is. I have so much to lose. That, and I'm just saying, I'm just giving an example. You, 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 you build so much to lose. That's your huge highway. So you're not going to go down that little road and push those pylons on the side because I got this huge highway that I'm traveling on. I'm not jumping off the highway. To go down again, that's most people. You can you, your addiction could be it could be so hard that you, yeah you go off the highway you go into this little teeny road <whistles> you're done. And the more you travel, these 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 clinicians were sitting there. They were like they came up to me. They said they never heard such a class. They never heard such a class because I was saying that so you move the pylons once right. And then you close the road again. Right? You relapse and you stopped. But you know how easy it is to move the pylons now. So you used to think it's hard. It says road closed. But it's really very easy to open the road that's closed. So now you relapse again and again and again and again. Until, and then, then that becomes your big highway. And if that becomes your big highway, that's the first place you're going. And your whole life just crumbles. And it happens every day. It happens at a very high percentage of people. So you gotta, you gotta change that road, you gotta build it, you gotta get involved in a shul, or a chesed, where I can't, or in a family, where I, I just, I, I, I built such a big road, I can't lose it all for a deck of cards, or a hit, or some coke, or, or some pills. I can't do it. That, I'm talking about after rehab. You can't do that without rehab, and you can't do that without learning how to live, because it's not gonna work. It's, it, there's, there, there, the, the, the drug addict or any of these addictions, they sometimes they have they have businesses that are worth and families and children and grandchildren and they, they and they move they move the pylons anyway because it's such an addiction that they'll lose everything. Uh, gamblers lose everything. They know if they lose, they're going to lose their family and everything, and they do it anyway. It's just it's just so big. They did it so much. It's just such a huge highway. So you have to you have to create. A new highway. It's the it's what? The, the more times you do an Avera, the easier it becomes to do the Avera. We know that. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. The more times you go down the road, the bigger the road gets. The bigger the road gets, the closer it is to you. So when you need, when you, when you, when you're talking in a good place, you're okay. So when you're in a bad place, that bad stuff happens from your past. So you have to build, you have to, you know, if it's a, a thing that's in Tuma, then you have to build a lot of Kedusha. You build a lot of Kedusha, and that road is big enough that you don't get back to that other road. Now, the reason I'm making this point has a lot to do with, has a lot to do with, um, Yosef HaTzadik, and it has a lot to do with, with Hanukkah. Because the problem on Hanukkah was that we were, we were coming from a Greek empire, and we were coming from a Greek empire, we had, we had this road of, um, that a physical, physical, thank you, physical, 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 physical. And that was part of our being, 
part of our psyche was that the most important thing in life was being strong and being fast and being an Olympic uh, a person who's in the Olympics and being a person who's who's beautiful and now we have to change and come back to becoming a spiritual nation so we have this huge road the Greek Empire was a huge road in our psyche and if you I don't know what that rabbi said you said you heard a shear from him whatever it is but yes Kleistro was in a high level of assimilation in the Greek Empire we were we were marrying Goy and we were we were falling out the Kleistrovs stopped it they they stood up and stopped it but the Jewish nation was not in a good place there were only five Kleistrovs that went against the Greek Empire and there were 250 Jews they burnt them in a, in a cave whatever it was so, so we were very assimilated in the Greek Empire and we had this huge road physical physical competition which we still have competition 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 better house better nicer house more beautiful wife more money in the bank you know better marks in school more money in the bank you know we, we have we have a we still have a lot of that Greek stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a world of competition. Best guy in yeshiva, best guy in kailel, best guy here, best guy there, best girl, best this, best that. The word best doesn't, doesn't, the word best doesn't come into the Jewish nation. There's no best. Hashem doesn't choose best. He gives din the cheshben. Din is what the person is, but cheshben is, Hashem knows what they went through. See, there's no best. This guy has a lower IQ. This guy has dysfunctional family. There's no best. There's no, there's no ratings. We don't have ratings. We don't. You know, our schools, one of the biggest problems with our schools is that we have this road of competition. 95, 100, there are girls that cry, cry if they get a 99. You, you sugar? You have to get a 90, you have to get a 100? Where does it say that in the Torah? It's one of the 600 mitzvahs? Get a 100 on your test? Baruch Hashem, it isn't. Be in big trouble. What's going on over here? So that, that came from those were those roads in our psyche that we came out of this Greek empire. And it was just about like competition and the biggest and the strongest. So what did Hashem do? What are we celebrating on Hanukkah? The smallest. The smallest can in the whole base of Mikdash that only lasts one day. Hashem said, you don't need to be the biggest and the strongest. You just need to be pure. Pure, I can give a bracha for eight days. And it wasn't the biggest can. It was the smallest can. It was a pach, a teeny little pach. It was just the opposite. And the, the, the beauty was a teeny little candle. Even to this day, it's the same fight. Their beauty, right, the Goyim's beauty is a huge Santa Claus. And a huge tree. And a billion lights. Physical. Lots of lights. 20 foot tree. Big guy standing outside with, you know, blown up. With a sleigh and elves. It's a big production. And we, imagine if you were a kid. And, and I've, I've heard this from little Jewish kids. It's like, I'd much rather have a Christmas. I used to ask my little kids in yeshiva. I said, Why? So many beautiful lights. And, and Santa, and Santa comes, this red thing, and he gives so many presents. I'm like, you get presents, I know, but, the Shugan Israelis fly to America, I went crazy on them. The first place they go, right, is Rockefeller Center to see the tree. Like, hello! They burnt us at the stake in the Spanish Inquisition. This is not, this is not a beautiful thing. They put us on these trees, and they lit us up. They didn't light the tree up. They lit the Jew up. Like, did you forget what this was all about? How many Jews died in the, in the Inquisition? In the name of the Crusades? Come on. You, you fly from Israel and the first place you go is to see the tree in Rockefeller Center? Yeah. There's a lot of Jewish kids from Brooklyn that go to see the tree in Rockefeller Center. Because we still have that in our psyche. Big is beautiful. Bright is beautiful. Hashem's like, little menorah little candle it looks so weak it looks so weak I was going through Barbach there's this one Goyish house that's still Goyish and they have all these lights and sleighs and flashing lights and everything and of course the street a little teeny menorah flickering around They're like eh, it looks like they got us beat they got us beat 
No, Hashem's like, no. You gotta get that out of your psyche. Tyra, purity, small, it's nothing to do with size or strength. It has to do with purity. And that's really what we're supposed to knock into our psyche. A whole Hanukkah. That when we come out of Hanukkah, it, it's not about strong and big and fast and all that stuff. It's about spirituality. And it's about purity. And that out of a little teeny jar can come an eight-day miracle. And we can celebrate every year since then the eight-day miracle of a little teeny jar. Not a big jar. We don't put a big Maccabee in our front lawn with a shield and a sword, a blown-up guy, you know. No one's coming down the chimney. There's none of that stuff. Very small. Little menorah. It has to be clean. The oil has to be pure. should be pure. Menorah should be clean. You know, or clay menorah is called a menorah yeshena. You can only use it for one night because it absorbs the oil. It's not nice. So you, have to, you can't use it anymore after that. So this is, this is what we need to burn into our psyche. And, and if we do mitzvahs and we continue doing the same mitzvah, the same mitzvah, the highway gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then when you're in trouble, that's where you hide. How many people I know that when they're in trouble, where do they go? When I say trouble, I don't mean they did something bad. In their head, they're in trouble. They're not doing well. They had a bad day. They go learn. A lot of people. Come out of learning, they're like, Zach, I don't care anymore. I learned tonight, I don't care what happened today. I'm like, really? I don't care. They really mean it. It's like, it's like, it's like the best, uh, what's it called? Um, the word I'm using for, what are you looking for? Not medicine, more than medicine. It's, um, it's, it's Prozac. The best Prozac in the world. People go learn, they feel like they're in a different world. There's no world. You walk into me, Yeshiva tomorrow morning, base Medrash, 600 guys learning, screaming at each other. Kultura, you sit down there for an, don't learn. Just look around. You are not in this world. There's no Obama. There's no news. There's no ISIS. There's nothing. Just Kultura. Your mama, try it. It's, it's like, every time, you know, I, I, I deal with a lot of stuff. You think after a while, all you do is see kids are off the derech. You pretty much think everyone's off the derech. The whole world's off the derech. There's nobody on the derech. And then you walk into any basement. Taradas, Chaimbul, it doesn't matter which one. And you listen to the cold terror and you're like, God, we're not going nowhere. We are here to stay. There's nothing to talk about. So that's very, very important. And that's Taka has a lot to do with Hanukkah because we still have those roads and we still go down those roads. And those are not the roads. Those are, that's relapsing. The roads we need to build are Tayyadika roads, Chesedika roads, good, solid roads. Then when we do have trouble, everybody has trouble. Then we go into a Tehillim book, or we go into a Chumash, or we go into a Gemara, or we go to Dab Mincha. Every time I had, used to have a problem in business, I went to Dab Mincha. I sat there for Mincha, came out, okay, I, I Dab Mincha, I'm okay. I'm okay. But it's something that you have to build. Now, what does that have to do with this week's Parsha? So you see, from Yosef HaTzadik, you see that he built this road. He was by Potiphar, it's all God. He was by, um, by, he was in the, in the dungeon. He told the two, the Sarah and Sarah, I can't do anything. If you need it to be translated, it's only God. He came to Paro, he said it's only God. Paro went ahead and told everybody, I never met such a person, that's all God. Right? Now listen carefully. Now he comes to trauma. Right? His brother's selling, he comes to trauma. The end of Pasha's by Yechi. So his brothers say, now that dad died, Yaakov died, but Yamas Yaakov, right? But Yabu, you may be Chichasai, the 40 days they cried, right? And he said, I want to go out to bury my father. And, but you, Acha Yosef, Kimesa Vihem. They got very scared now because now Yosef's the king and their father died. Now he's going to kill them all. Well, Yomu, we used to make Yosef. Please don't hate us, Yosef. Don't take revenge on all the bad that we did to you. Right? They traveled Yosef. They made up a story and they told Yosef, Your father, Yaakov, commanded before he died, Go ahead and tell Yosef, 
forgive the sins of your brother, right? Because of the bad they did to you. And Yosef cried when they said that. Because Yosef knew they were lying. Because there's no way that their father, who knew him, would ever think that he would take revenge. Because if anyone knew who put it into him, was that it's Hashem. Everything's Hashem. Your dream is Hashem. I can, everything that I know is Hashem. That I'm at Sliach in your house is Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Chazve Hashem. Emir to Hashem. Yivrecha Hashem. So there's no way that a person who lives like that is going to take revenge on his brothers. So he cried because he knew they were making it up. So then all the brothers, they, they were like, they're in big trouble and they, they bowed down to him. Don't kill us. Let us be your servants. Yeah, what's going on here? Yosef said to his brothers, don't worry. What was Yosef's road in his psyche? His road in his psyche was Hashem. 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 I was able to translate your dream. It's Hashem. It's Hashem. Baruch Hashem. 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 So everything is in is Hashem. So now we're talking about the greatest abuse and trauma that Yosef went through. What his brothers did to him. So what is the road that Yosef is going to go to? Kill them? You don't have that road. Make them slaves? He never made anyone slaves. He doesn't have that road. Yosef. Yosef yes, said to them, Altiro, don't worry, am I instead of Hashem? I am the believer. I am the one who's in my psyche and in my road that everything comes from Hashem. So I'm going to kill you? I'm going to make you slaves because you did something wrong to me? That's job, that's God's job. I'm not God. If God wants to kill you or take revenge from me, He's the judge. I'm not the judge. So that road that was in his head that everything is from Hashem, that's the best road a person can have. Because if everything is from Hashem, then anytime something happens to me, I go down that road. Hashem, it's up to you. You guys had in mind to do me bad, to cause me trauma. But Hashem had in mind for my good. Because Hashem wanted me to save the world, to feed them. I'm going to give you to eat. He comforted them and he spoke to their heart. So, because he had this positive psyche, he automatically, when his brothers brought up the trauma that they did to him, that's the road he went down. Hashem's road. Hashem's road. I, 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 I can't take revenge. I'm, it's all God. Everything's God. God translates dreams. God makes people matzliach. It's all God. So I have nothing to say here. Go guys, have a good life. I'll help you out. I'm cool. That's the road you need to make. That's the road you got to keep doing. So when you say Baruch Hashem every morning, thank you Hashem that I woke up. Thank you Hashem that my business is doing well. Everything that I have is yours. I don't have anything, as David Amalek said in Pekayavos. What I have is yours, Hashem. Mine is yours. I'm just giving you back what's yours. Right? So that's on the positive side. What saved Yosef from the biggest war in his life? In Pashas Vayeshev, what saved him? So everybody says Dukun al right? He saw his father. Okay, I can't argue with that. But, that's not what Yosef said. Yosef said the following. She said, lay with me. And he refused. My master is her father, his, her, her husband. Um, he let me do. He lets me have anything. Okay, that was a mistake. That went against his road. He got punished for it. He said, "There's no one greater than me in the house. There is someone greater than you in the house, God." So he shouldn't have said that. He may not have meant it that way, but that's how it came out. He says, "And the only thing that my, your husband kept away from me is you." 
you're his wife. But she said, I'm not his wife because he never consummated the marriage, right? Okay, now here. The Eich Eese Harag Del Hazois. How could I do this very bad thing? In the end of the day, it's a sin against God. If I own the road of Baruch Hashem, Emirz Hashem, Chazhe Hashem, right? And my whole road in my psyche is God. Now you're coming to me to do a sin on this level and you explain it to me he's not your husband you never contemplate the marriage and you've seen the stars that we're going to have uh, Ephraim and Menashe and I, I hear all your stuff but lady I have this huge highway and the highway is your KFK and I always go down that road so now you're coming at me you're seducing me and I'm going back into my psyche help where am I going what's the road I'm going to go to the road that I built what's that road God sorry Chatasi Lelokim I can't, I can't do this. My whole highway is going to cave in. Because my whole highway is God. And if I do this, it's a sin to God. What was the sin to God? According to her, there was no sin to God. Because he said, it's not, I'm, I'm a coffee toy. The man gave me everything. And I'm taking his wife. I'm a coffee toy. That's a sin to God. No matter how you look at it, you can tighten it up whatever you want. At the end of the day, if the person who gives you everything, you turn on them, you're a coffee toy. That's the first sin Adam did. That don't, that don't fly. That don't fit on my highway. I don't work on my highway. So he built this highway. Hashem, 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 Hashem. We know that from Rashi. Rashi says, how did the master know that, that Hashem was Matzliach? Because that's all he talked about all day. All he talked about was God, 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 God. Now, I'm in a huge trauma, right? I'm going back in my head. What do I do? This highway. God's highway. That's it. That's root, root God. So, so he said, I can't do it. He did it. And he ran away. So, just like you can create a bad road, you can create a good road. And the people who have created bad roads already, and they close them, the only way not to relapse is to create a huge, positive, new highway that's closer to you than the one that you closed. And there are some guys in this room that know exactly what I'm talking about. And there are some people listening, most people listening know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't create a positive road, you're, you're relapsing, man. There's nothing to talk about. I spoke this, I said this whole Dvatera to a bunch of therapists and they went nuts. Because the is absolutely one zillion percent true. Alright, now listen to this. Talk about roads. Anybody ever hear of the Lavush? Well, a lot of Svarim. You hear of the Lavush? I'm sure you've learned some of his farm. Just to name some of his farm. Levush Evan Hayukara, Levush Ada Hayakar, Levush Aira, Levush Habutva Gaman, Levush Hachur, Levush Hatchelis, Levush Yukari Himipninim, Levush Malchus, Levush Aterazov Gedula, I think I learned a little bit, Levush Ir Shushan, Levush Oyakaras, Levush Pinotikaras. So he, he wrote a lot of different forms of Levush, very famous. Levush is very famous, let me turn off my phone. You want to know how the Levush became famous, boys? Crazy story. I have my special safer. Listen to this. Talk about roads. Musupal agoin Rab Mordechai Yaffa Baal Halavush. Shepam Achas one time b'yemei b'churasai when he was young nisane nisane gadolo gadol he came to a huge test. Kishova esel duchsis Achas lischa b'schayra he came to sell a duchess some business some some b'schayra umachmas yafya. The Ta'arei Hatoiv, because he, the Levush was very good looking, very handsome, the Duchess wanted to seduce him to do a sin. The He had nowhere to run. The courtyard that she was in was double locked. The only way out, there was a hole from underneath the toilet that all the stuff went down into this like if you went underneath the toilet all the stuff went down into this like huge place so that was a hole that you could get out of the house except you had to go underneath the toilet into that where all the bad stuff human waste was so he tried to put off her her seducing that okay we're going to do stuff together but I need to go to the bathroom first 
Rudiklas the Basakisa, he went into the bathroom, Vidokak Atzmo, we know the Vidokam was he pushed away the toilet and he jumped out into the gook. But Yahoyu Lavush Oz becoming maybe Godim, he was wearing a lot of different clothing. The Tinat Lakhlik is Atzma was Kobakovatsavari. He he was full of human waste, his clothing everything in, all the way up to his neck. The Kakbarakha Khutza, and that's how he ran away, we need someone in Shaina Naira. And he was saved from this great test. When he got away, that second, he lifted his hands to Shemayim and he and he asked God, that for the next ten generations that come out of him, they should all be ugly. That people shouldn't try to seduce him. That he shouldn't end up having a Nisayan uh, test because they're very beautiful. So for ten generations, all his children were very ugly. They came to him in a dream after this happened. Since he was able to stand up to this test, that he saved himself by jumping into all this human waste and becoming filthy. That God is going to give him the ability to write Chadushim, Chadushim, in understanding the Torah, Uluvushim Chadashim, and to dress him in new new clothing, Uluvush or Elyon, to dress him in the light of Shemayim, V'chein Hava, and that's what happened. Shemaz, from that time out, here Kishki Ilu Rucha Kodesh Shurasolov, he had Rucha Kodesh, Vizal Chabas from Ram, he began to write a lot of Svarim, Karmashem Uluvushim. Why is it called the Uluvush? Because he jumped into all that stuff, and he got all his levushim filthy. Psh, that's a road, man. That's a super highway. That's the levush. That's why it's called the levush. Amazing? Amazing. There's one more thing I want to tell you. And then we'll let you go back to your Hanukkah. Uh, yeah, yeah, what did I see here? I never saw this before. He says, he says that the Rokeach says, in a passage of Yeshev, every passage starts with a Vav. The only place in the whole Torah. It's nuts. He says there are eight Psukim in the whole Vayeshev. There are 112 Psukim. Look at Vayeshev, guys. It's all, it's all Vavs. The whole passage is Vavs. Except for eight Psukim. He says, Why does everything start with an ois vav? So he says that vav, we know that vav is a remez of bad, of vi, like pain, vi, bad things. The Misa of Yehuda's wife, the Misa of Erva Oinon, the story with Eshet Potiphar, Yosef in jail, so the whole pasha is full of love from from pain. He says, "What's the eight? The eight. So he says, "The eight psukim that don't start with a vav are connected the mitzvah of mila, which is eight days, because us not supposed was to marry Yosef, who was mal. And we know that later on, when Yosef's brothers came, he said, "Come close.'" Because they, they said, even though he's Yosef, he probably messed around with everyone in Mitzrayim. And he showed them in Ruch HaKadosh that he never uses bris milah for any avera whatsoever. Same thing with Yaakov. So that's why in Vayeshev, when the whole thing of Yosef happened, all vavs. If you look at a Chumash, everything starts with a vav. Absolutely amazing. But there was something I wanted to tell you tonight. Besides the Levush, I marked it off somewhere. Where I put it. I don't know where I put it. Okay, anyway, so the bottom line is, the bottom line is that we're leaving it tonight from this year. We have to, oh, I think it was in this week's passion, in any case, we have to start making, um, ah, here it is. Right, okay. So, there was a problem. 
And the problem was that in Mitzrayim there was a law that an Eved cannot be Malchus. An Eved is not allowed to be Malchus. So how could, how could, how could, um, Yosef have become Malchus? Okay? So he says the following. Maybe B'Shem Medrash Kehelish. They said to Paro, How could a king, how could uh, an Eved, a servant, right, because he was a servant to Potiphar, become a king? And Yosef heard this complaint. Omar, he said, Yosef said, Shamati, I talk a saw this in that, week, in that parasha, Devarim, he said, I heard, I heard that it said, Shi'ikunin de Sora, there's a painting of my great grandmother Sora, um, Mitsuyas Bichadarecha, that is hanging in the king's room. So the, these servants, these guys who complained, went to look. They saw that Sari Imenu looked exactly like, like Yosef. Sara looked like Yosef. Going back to that whole Gilgul of Adam. The Chain also, and they saw this. Okay? He brings down from the Medish Agada that Potiphar, she Potiphar, she Hikar Paros Yosef, Mikha Zamisha Shaloi, Amalaparo, that he had taken Potiphar, as the Medish says, that Yosef was, was brought around in a chariot. Through Mitzrayim in the chariot of Potiphar. Shehirke Paro was Yosef. We make up a mission of Shalom. Amal Paro, he said to him, "Bnei Maha Hamlachta Es Avdi." Why did you make my servant Potiphar said, "My servant, a king." Bahalik Kenisa said, "I bought him for twenty bucks." Miad Anol Yosef Pitzferah Halik Ata Chayim Misa. You really Chayim Misa Bishak Kenisa that when you bought me, why? She ain't kind and evident of a Kenan. You're only allowed to buy. I bought them from Canaan, and I come from shame. And not only that, I'm a prince. I, be, I belong to kings. Shari Paro HaMelech, Sha'atid Musari Imi Zakanti. That Paro that, that locked up Sarah, right? He took Sarah for a wife, and he, she was so beautiful that he made a painting. So therefore, I come from her, so I'm, I'm, I'm from royal blood. Go look at the picture, and if I don't look exactly like her, then, 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 then you win. So they looked. And they saw Roy she couldn't she it, then we couldn't just saw Now why did why did why did, so there's a whole story about that painting. I don't remember exactly the whole story, but they had a likeness of Sara in the in the in the in the palace. I don't remember exactly the whole story, but there's a whole story on that. Maybe next week I'll look it up in the measures. I don't know. She made a shave, she made a shindal, there's a whole thing. There's a whole thing I learned this week that there were three shaded made, three shindalids that were made one to save Esther. She made, they made one of Esther. That was the one that slept with Achishverosh. It wasn't really her. Sari Menu made one. That was, that Paro took. And that, um, Yosef was supposed to make one. And he didn't because he said that if I make one of me and he sleeps with Potiphar's wife, no one's going to believe that it wasn't me. And I'm going to make a Chil Hashem. So, Sara making one wasn't a Chil Hashem. And Esther to protect herself wasn't a Chil Hashem. But here it would have been a big Chil Hashem. That would have said, Yosef slept with, they wouldn't know that's a Shindal. He's going to tell them it's a Shindal, they're not going to believe him. So he wouldn't create one. And he also said that she was such a sorcerer that she could see right through it. And she would have known right away. The other two were not sorcerers. But she was a sorcerer, she would have known. We know she was a Satan. She would have known right away. So therefore, therefore he didn't make it. Okay. Anyways, a lot of different, um, a lot of interesting midrashim, and um, so the thing I want to leave off with tonight is that we all have roads in our life that we're not good, that we closed. None of us are strong enough in a time of trauma or depression or things going wrong not to take a look at that road and reopen it, but we are all strong enough to create a a new road and to continually go down that road so that automatically when something happens to us we don't go to the bad road that has hurt us but we go to the good road that we have just created and that is the road that we're supposed to create on Hanukkah to get rid of the Greek road that was in Kleistral psyche which was competition 
And you know, jealousy is mainly in physical things. Kinah Seifim is okay. You're allowed to be jealous that someone's learning more than you. Jealousy, that road, is in the physical world. So the more you're in the spiritual world, the more you create that road, the less you have on the jealousy road. If you're not, if you were not jealous of anything in the physical world, you're not going to be a jealous person because you're allowed to be jealous. You're allowed to be jealous of a friend that he sits and learns all day and you don't. Cannot say from his, his mutter. So we may, maybe all be zeicher to go down the yellow brick road, which is the road to, to the base of Migdash and Hashem. We're all going to march down the base of Migdash. It's the fourth night of Hanukkah and Mitzvah Hashem. The next four nights we should light the menorah in the base of Migdash and we should see Mashiach and remember that it's not the size or the strength. There was a teeny little can and teeny little candles. It's the purity. And that's what we have to strive for. We have to strive for purity. And if we do that, we'll see many more nisim. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.